This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit dharmaocean.org to learn more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean Podcast. In this talk, Reggie comments on the shocking nature of the meditative path of desire. He says that the wisdom of Vajrayana Buddhism is that it does not offer answers, but rather practices for realizing the lineage. It is the unconventional way of awakening. This talk was given at the August 2011 Dhyana Sangha Retreat, held at the Blazing Mountain Retreat Center in Crestone, Colorado. So we might ask ourselves, how can we carry that on? How can we live in such a way that that openness to our own insufficiency and inadequacy develops? How can we work with ourselves and each other so that we, we don't get too far down the wrong track, that we're brought back? And we have this uh, wonderful thing called the Three Jewels. You know, we, we, have, we have to rely on something. We have to put our trust in something. We have to take a chance. And it's interesting that, you know, we take... Practicing in this lineage is a huge risk. It's so risky. It's so risky, precisely because nothing is guaranteed. So we have the, um, the notion of a teacher. And who is our teacher? Our teacher is ultimately Chogyam Trungpa, who was uh, one of the strangest people that any of us had ever met. And isn't that wonderful? that our reference point is somebody who is so out there that nobody really, nobody ever really could figure out what the hell the man was about or where he was coming from or where he was going. On the other hand, there was some kind of uh, intense fire of reality that was him. It wasn't even like the fire burned in him. The man himself was a fire and when you got close to him, you got burned. It was very straightforward. It wasn't like there was any avoiding. You got close, you got burned. Do you want to get burned? Do you want to freeze to death? Those were the two choices. And most of us spent our whole entire time with him being burned, running away, starting to freeze, and then going back again and getting burned, and then running away, and then going back and getting burned. And this is, the, this is our teacher that we're talking about. This uh, dangerous, interesting, um, very loving, very crazy, and most of all, totally himself person. So that's kind of peculiar reference point for the teacher principle. And yet, for those of us who are suspicious 
of guaranteed answers and suspicious of a world where all of the all the security is being promised and those of us who are suspicious of our own ambitions and aren't so sure that if we get what we want it's really going to work out you know for those of us who are like that who have a lot of fundamental questions he's the perfect teacher he's so perfect because you can never get your hands on him you can never really figure it out and it's almost like within your narcissistic world you have some, you have a force that is just blasting your narcissism all the time so that's the teacher then we have the dharma the uh, buddha you know buddhism of course is this uh, big impressive tradition it's very impressive i mean there are actually magazines dedicated to buddhism and there are thousands and thousands of books on buddhism and there are these big traditions you know that have you know they're wealthy and famous and these people go around you know particularly in the asian traditions they go around with you know very impressive robes and you know very colorful sort of things going on and it seems like buddhism is this entity and that if you relate to the entity somehow it's going to do something for you I mean this is the basic premise of Buddhism in the modern world. It's a tradition made up of these people and if you go and relate to it it's going to do something for you. And in that context I always think about the Buddha himself in the sense that he he discovered the dharma and people oh the dharma you know I bow down to the dharma. The dharma is so wonderful. I love the dharma. I want to practice the dharma. But the thing is the word dharma means reality. So what the Buddha discovered was not the dharma. The Buddha discovered reality. And what he, you know, his basic as you know, his basic discovery was that we don't need to check out. We don't need to go find security for ourselves. We don't need to resolve our uh, self-esteem issues. We don't need to create some kind of alternative lifestyle that's going to be more successful. We actually don't need to do anything except take refuge in reality. And reality is this situation in this life right now. That's all we need to do is be present to our own life. And of course the Buddha did something interesting which a subsequent buddhists have generally not done which was he dumped all religious traditions and he basically walked away from hundreds of spiritual alternatives in his own culture and he said actually we don't really need any of this stuff it's not necessary in fact if we feel we need something in addition to this life and this person and this karma and this immediate reality we're kidding ourselves we can afford to be here without recourse without any kind of defense we can afford simply to be and of course that people thought of a lot of things in ancient india and those of you who know indian culture or you know know much about indian history india developed hundreds and even thousands of spiritual techniques and spiritual teachings 
And uh, they were all there and they were all available. And the Buddha said, basically, it's a sidetrack, all of it. If the Buddha lived today, he would no doubt say that the entire Buddhist tradition is a sidetrack. And that all of the things that people do as Buddhists and all of the, the fancy you know, rituals and the clothes and everything, it's really, that's not helpful. It's actually leading us in the wrong direction. So we have this, um, we have this very strange teacher, and then we have this uh, tradition that is basically saying that, you know, there aren't any answers. There is no set of principles. There is no final truth. But we'll give you a set of techniques so you can be present to your life in a naked way. We're offering you techniques to enable you simply to live and to be as a human in the most fundamental and simple way possible. In the uh, Vajrayana tradition in ancient India, there's this uh, word kusulu, which is the highest of the high of the practitioners. And these people did three things that marked them as realized people. Number one is eat. Number two is sleep. And number three is shit. And that, that's it. And if you can do those three things and nothing else, you have attained the fullness of human existence. <laughs> Everything is found in eating, sleeping, and shitting. So, that's the Dharma. And then we have the Sangha. So what we're doing is we're talking now about how to, you know, how to realize the lineage, how to embody the lineage. And the Sangha is people who are committed to not hiding, not hiding from, of course, first of all, from ourselves, and then secondly, from one another, not hiding, not hiding out, and not hiding, and um, some willingness to disclose ourselves to our friends. You know, not in a kind of manipulative, narcissistic way, but simply willing to be ourselves. Now, of course, it's not that easy because obviously in social situations, the general expectation of any group of people is going to have a huge impact on how much we can show. And I think we know very well in our, from our own family situations and also, you know, all kinds of other business and school and so on, that when the general expectation is not about being who one is, then literally there's no space to show oneself. You really can't do it. And if you do try to do it, you come off as uh, you know, somebody who's just weird or you know, uh, self-indulgent or whatever. So it seems like the, in order to have a group of people who are willing to make the journey of self-discovery and discovery about each other, that we need a teacher who is himself, and Chogyam Trungpa 
Uh, if there was anybody who ever lived that was himself, it was him, definitely. And we need a, a spiritual teaching that calls us to be ourselves and practices that let us do it, which is the Dharma, and then the Sangha can be. You know, we can be together in that way. And the um, mark of the Sangha, strangely enough, is joy. And the joyfulness of people who don't have to pretend to be other than who they are. And uh, it's Dewa in Tibetan, which is interesting because, you know, you go to kind of Sangha situations or, you know, you're sitting in Dhatum and, you know, people are obviously going through a lot. And uh, sometimes, you know, I mean, the emotions sweep through the room, right? I mean, on a certain day, everybody's incredibly anxious. And then on another day, everybody's totally pissed off. And then on another day, everybody feels unbelievably lonely. And yet, that situation is very joyful because there are no um, breaks, there's no limitation. There's nobody saying you shouldn't feel this way, you shouldn't feel that way. The um, meantime, you know, everybody's uh, contorted with pain, but you look at them and they look great somehow. You know, there's something so wholesome about uh, people being given permission to go through what they're going through. And at a certain point, you know, especially in the longer programs, initially you're going through it. First, you're not going through it. Then you're going through it, but you have all these judgments about it. And you're freaking out because you're going through it. And then at a certain point, you become so exhausted of judging yourself that you just give up. And then you just go through it which is very joyful. And then the bottom drops out and suddenly you're not going through it and you're not actually going through anything. In fact, there isn't anything. And that's even more joyful. You experience the freedom. So the Sangha is like this soup with um, all these wonderful vegetables that are <laughs> cooking and uh, popping up and uh, seasoning the whole stew. And generally, there's just a sense of, uh, you know, I often think, particularly in, uh, in Dhatun, that uh, there's, it's, it's probably the most colorful situation uh, that I'm ever in, is being in this room of people who, you know, in many cases aren't talking for days and days, and yet everybody's energy becomes more and more what it is, more and more colorful, more and more vivid. download more of Reggie's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats, and to explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your spiritual journey, please visit dharmaocean.org.
Our music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album Tibet Cry of the Snow Lion. <laughs>